1: lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics and now here's michael cargill
2: good day austin texas the live music capital of the world let's praise the lord and pass the ammunition all right so today we're going to talk about bump stocks we're also going to talk about the nra the national rifle association also NAGR, the national association for gun rights has the nra sold out gun owners around the country we're going to find out today. We're going to talk about that and break it all down for you because gun owners have definitely bought out bump stocks. So we're going to show you one of those today inside the studio. If you haven't seen one, which you should have by now, I think everyone in the country has seen a bump stock. So we're going to play around with it in the studio and also tell you some other options out there. A lot of different other ways. So whenever they decide if they're going to ban the bump stocks, guess what? We're going to show you four different other ways you can do the exact same thing. Right, so, uh, you, you know, you banned one thing. Let me tell you, we're Americans. We're very smart. Uh, we can come up with a lot of different ways, a lot of different technologies of, of just doing a lot of different things. So you can't stop us. You're not going to stop us. Can't stop, won't quit. All right, so we're talking, and in, in, well, let's see. Inside the studio, we have just... Some awesome people today. We have, we have Howard Nimrov. He's the, uh, I, I call Howard the, he's the, the guy that's just behind the brain when it comes to different stats. of just He's filled with so much knowledge of just gun stuff. And so we're going to find out from here. We're going to get the actual numbers of just what's out there and what's going on. You know, how many, you know wh- how many deaths do we really have in the country? So Howard's got a lot of numbers he's going to throw at us today. Um, also inside the studio. We have, let's go around the room. We have my, my good friend here to my right. Go ahead and tell everyone who you are. Ryan Simpson, the political director of the Libertarian Party. All right, so we're going to find out what the Libertarians, uh, how they feel about this situation, what's going on there. And then my co-host, Janai. Go ahead and tell everyone. Hi, Janai. Hello. <laughs> All right. And then also we have, guess what? We have inside the studio, well, at first, I, is it Bill?
0: It's Robert Morrow, the chairman emeritus of the Travis County Republican Party. Not Bill Clinton? Uh, Governor Bill Clinton, I want to tell you something. Me and my wife, Hillary, just thank the world of you, uh, Michael Cargill, and all you crazy gun nuts people down there in Texas. We love you. <laughs>
2: so we have Robert Morrow, uh, the former Travis County Republican Party chair, inside the studio as well. <laughs> all right, so, and then Howard, say hi to the people. Howdy. (laughs) And so, Howard, tell us a little bit about yourself and, you know, how did you come to have all this information? I used to
3: support civilian disarmament. That means no guns for anybody but military and police. Uh, However, one of my clients who is law enforcement convinced me to do my own research, which is something I really enjoyed doing in high school and college. After three years of research uh, in which I only accepted data sets cited by the Brady Campaign, Violence Policy Center, United Nations, those kind of folks. Um, I ignored everything from the NRA. I realized that there was no data set that, when taken in toto, proved that gun control made us safer, and most of them proved that gun control made us less safe. So I began a transition um, to my current position, which is to support the civil right of self-defense.
2: Why do you say it's civil rights? Because a lot of people don't use that word. They don't think of gun rights as civil rights. So why do you call well, it civil rights?
3: Guns are inanimate objects. They don't have rights. So mm. I'm not comfortable with the term gun rights. However, uh, we are each imbued with a inalienable right to live our lives free from fear and free from being terrorized and bullied by others we have a civil right to defend ourselves and defend our lives and property
2: nice okay i like it that way all right definitely civil rights we definitely should think of it more of that and and you know let's uh zach why don't you go ahead and pull out the bump (coughs) stop so everyone can see that show the camera here it is. We're going to show you the version. There's
4: a big, scary bump stock. Yeah, right? and,
2: and not the CNN version either. It's yeah, not,
4: not the CNN uh, <laughs> collapsible <laughs> stock. Not <but> the
2: collapsible <laughs> stock that uh, yeah, CNN showed it, the world. Uh, yeah. So
4: basically a bump stock is a stock that goes over the buffer tube. But What makes it different from other stocks is that there's this piece of plastic that connects the stock to the pistol grip. And the pistol grip is not uh, set into the lower receiver of the gun uh, as they normally are. But instead, there's this little block, a plastic block that is under the pistol grip that the entire assembly slides over. So it just kind of moves about three quarters of an inch forward and backward.
2: And there are, other, there are other triggers that you can – or other devices that you can actually use. You can use an echo trigger, right?
4: Yeah, echo trigger, uh, basically a binary trigger that fires when you pull the trigger and it also fires when you let go of the trigger.
2: Well, you have your echo trigger and you also have your binary trigger as well. So yeah, they actually have two different kinds. So you have echo and you have binary.
4: Ah, the echo is not a binary trigger.
2: Yeah, so yeah, yeah there's two different the – echo trigger is the one is I think is the one that's actually approved by the ATF. So, and the ATF basically said that, you know, there's nothing, you know, because it's, a, it's an accessory, there's really nothing in the federal laws that they could, you know, use to prohibit, you know, like, you know, these devices here uh, from people from owning them. So that's why they're actually legal. And just so people know, the bump stock actually came about is because a guy said, you know what, he wanted wounded soldiers to be able to fire so one the said hey you know we want to be able to fire our ar-15 because uh, now we've have you know some kind of disability where we can't fire it so we need some type of device so they he came up with the bump stock so that way they were able to actually fire their rifle and see that's one thing that has been left out of this narrative this entire week you know this is all about the veterans this is for the veterans so, this um, madman used this tool that veterans use, disabled veterans use to actually be able to fire a rifle. And that's how the bump stocks actually came about. So, I want to put that information out there. Um, but then, Robert, you know, so what are your thoughts on, you know, what happened in Las Vegas? Uh,
0: well, every time there is a major massacre, it's a horrible event, whether it's at Newtown or Las Vegas or whether it was in the Colorado movie or, or wherever or, or Orlando. Uh, so you start from the fact that, it, that the massacre is horrible, but the reason I'm such a strong defender of gun rights and the right to own gun stocks and the right to... I, I support legalizing fully automatic machine guns for your average American citizen. Here's the reason why. Because often governments, people who lead governments, are murderers, criminals, torturers, rapists, child molesters, and mass murderers. And you can go through the past history of the past 500 years and find a lot of those names, you know, your Hitlers, your Stalins, your Castros, your tons of third world dictatorships. And, but here in America, people don't want to face the fact that the people who have led the American government many times are murderers. And I'll give you specific examples. Lyndon Johnson murdered John Kennedy. So do we want to let Lyndon Johnson have a monopoly on firepower in America back in the 60s? He had a personal hitman named Malcolm Wallace. You can Google that. Recently, a Tom Cruise movie came out about the life story of Barry Seal. And that was a good movie, but it only told you one-fourth of the truth about Barry Seal, which was he was a CIA governmental operative, a CIA drug runner, and he was assassinated on the orders of Vice President George Herbert Walker Bush with Oliver North taking car- carrying out the murder for him. That's what the... The, the odds are on that case. You can read Daniel Hopsinger's book, Burying the Boys. So that's just two examples of presidential murderers. I left out the fact that Richard Nixon and G. Gordon Liddy were thinking about murdering a journalist named Jack Anderson. If you Google G. Gordon Liddy, Jack Anderson, you'll find that story very quickly. Uh, what about Hillary Clinton at Waco, 1993? That wasn't Bill Clinton or Janet Reno who ordered the final assault at Waco on April 19, 1993. That was Hillary Clinton. Seventy-six people died that day. Fifty-five of them were women and children, many children under the age of eight years old. That blood is on Hillary Clinton's hands. So so when somebody asks you, like, well, why are you for owning guns? Why are you for owning rifles? Why are you for owning bump stocks, an AR-15? Why, why in the world would the average citizen ever want to own a machine gun? And my answer is, well, Bill Clinton, when he was governor of Arkansas, was using his Arkansas state troopers to literally— beat up people, and break into their homes. So when you have criminals who often make it to the highest levels of American government, an insurance policy for all Americans of every religious creed, every ethnic group, is to own fully automatic machine guns. And
2: it's really not about, you know, hunting. It's not about duck hunting. You know, just like a a good friend of mine said about the Luby shooting. You know, it's not about hunting at all. It's about our rights to actually be able to protect ourselves against our government. And if you doubt that for any reason, if you doubt that the Second Amendment is there in place for us to protect ourselves against our government, I challenge you to take a look at Iraq. Take a look at Afghanistan. We are still in Afghanistan. If it's not for those those people that are there that are defending their right, we will not be able to do what we're able to do in Afghanistan. So if you think a group of people cannot come together and fight a government you might want to take a look at some of the things that we're into around this world.
0: But I want to point something out. I'm not calling for a revolution at all. I'm just calling for an insurance policy against the psychopaths, murderers, crazy people, child molesters, nut jobs, who happen to make it to the highest levels of power even in our democracy. You know, you can be a murderer in America and still be elected president. You don't have to be in a third world country or you don't have to be Hitler. You don't have to be Stalin. You can be LBJ and shoot your way in the White House. You can be Vice President Bush ordering that Barry Seal be assassinated because he could expose the CIA government drug running of the Bushes and the Clintons in the 1980s. So in, even in a democracy, we have murderers and criminals at the highest levels of power. Good God, we need guns as an insurance policy from them imposing full-on tyranny because they would if they could.
2: And just so you know, someone said, "Hey, you can use a belt loop if you want to." As soon as they ban bump stocks, go ahead and grab your belt. You use a belt loop. Use a rubber band. There are a lot of different things out there you can use to do the exact same thing. Because here's what you're doing: when you go out there and you say you're going to ban a particular uh, accessory, only thing you're doing is you're banning a way of shooting. That's all it is. It's a particular way of shooting. I don't need to use a a rubber band. I don't need to use a a bump stock. I don't need to use an echo trigger. I don't need to use a binary trigger. I don't have to use a a belt. I can use my finger and put the gun on my side and do the exact same
0: thing and fire just as fast. That's all true, and thank God for that. And let's, let's point something out. So when individuals mass murder people, it's like 10 people murdered, 20 people murdered. 58 people murdered, 40 people murdered. That's the individual. When governments murder people, it's tens of thousands of people murdered, slaughtered, hundreds of thousands murdered, slaughtered, millions murdered in World War II, Joseph Stalin starving millions, Mao Zedong, good God, killing millions over there who were all disarmed. So the individual psychos kill 10 or 20 or 30 or a few dozen. And the governmental psychos kill millions or hundreds of thousands. So we as an individual need to have our country literally awash in AR-15s, awash in hopefully, you know, fully automatic machine guns, which are illegal to own right now, but should be legal. That's why we own guns. As a defense against tyranny, it's not to go shoot a duck. It's not to go kill one robber in your house. It's not just to kill one potential rapist is to protect ourselves from full-on tyranny. You know, Barack Obama would have banned guns if he could have, except for the fact that he knew that our country was awash in guns. He didn't want to have a civil war. That's why he did not issue an executive order, I, Barack Obama, are banning guns tomorrow because of Nancy Pelosi and Diane Feinstein.
2: All right, so we're talking about that. We're talking about a whole bunch more. But my question to you, has the NRA sold out gun owners? We're going to get that answered today. Also, we're going to hear from Dudley Brown, the president of National Association for Gun Rights. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
5: Folks, this is Doug Man jones
6: <laughs>
5: And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It.
1: Your next chance at $1,000 is tomorrow at 7 a.m. on Top 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're talking about the NRA.
2: Have they sold out gun owners around the country? Uh, later on in the hour, we're going to have Dudley Brown, president of the National Association for Gun Rights, on the phone. Inside the studio, we have Robert Morrow, the former Travis County Republican Party chair. He's in the green and white over there. Uh, he, No, I'm sorry. He doesn't have his hat on today. I don't know why. And then also we have inside the studio Howard Nimrov. He has all the numbers and all the figures. We're going to get to him here in just one second. Um... The problem of gun deaths in America is complicated, and everyone who claims to know uh, or have a simple solution is just basically selling you snake oil. Things to keep in mind when considering America's problem with gun deaths is number one, two-thirds of America's gun deaths are suicides. There is no correlation between a state's homicide rate and either its rate of gun ownership or the strength of its gun control laws. If somebody came up with a policy that eliminated all deaths by assault weapons in 2018, the overall U.S. homicide rate would fall by less than likely much less than 3%. When Australia implemented its strict gun control laws, the Australian population was less than 6% the current US population and the Australian rate of gun ownership was less than 80% the current US rate so that means that Australia had approximately 1% the total number of guns the US currently has now when great britain implemented its strict gun control laws the british population was less than 18% the current US population Let me say that again. When Great Britain implemented its strict gun control laws, the British population was less than 18 percent of the U.S. And the British rate of gun ownership was less than 2.5 percent of the current U.S. rate. So that means that Great Britain had approximately 0.04 percent the total number of guns the U.S. currently has neither Australia nor Great Britain saw significant reductions in homicides following the implementation of those nation-strict gun control laws. Of the 300-plus million guns in the U.S., only a tiny percentage are registered with any state or federal government agency. This was also the case in Australia, where estimates suggest that compliance, compliance with their mandatory buyback program may have been as low as 20%. So if the U.S. implemented a strict mandatory buyback program like the one implemented in Australia and in significant improvement over Australia's example, succeeded in securing the 90 percent of privately held firearms, the 10 percent still held illegally would be equal to 1,000 percent of the guns possessed in Australia prior to their ban and 24,000 percent of the guns possessed in Great Britain prior to their ban. So even after removing 90% of the guns from American streets, America would still have enough illegally possessed guns to provide two guns to every soldier in the world, their 30 largest standing armies. So I don't mention any of these to suggest that nothing can be done about gun violence in America, only to point out that the researchers from 538 we're right to con- conclude that the solutions are not as simple as the quick fixes touted by activists and politicians. So how would Nimrov, is the NRA selling out gun owners?
3: Not from what I hear from my inside connections. Their arrangement, if you want to call it that, is that they are saying that to have the executive branch take a look at bump stocks and see if they need to be regulated through the ATF. This is not encouraging Congress to pass a law. In exchange, they expect support for national reciprocity in concealed carry.
2: So you think by giving up bump stocks, uh, then what we can get is concealed carry reciprocity and then possibly the Hearing Protection Act or the SAFE Act?
3: That would be the worst case scenario. Mm. I didn't say they would be giving up bump stocks. Uh, they're looking into the possibility of regulating it through the executive branch and the ATF possibly writing a new rule.
2: So we're going to start regulating something that doesn't have a serial number on it?
3: I'm just – this is all – that's all about all I know right now. Okay.
2: Um, and I, I, that's going to be hard to – you know put in place. It doesn't have a serial number. So we, there are hundreds of thousands that are out there right now. Mm-hmm. So how are you going to regulate something if you can't keep track of what's out there right now? And so, and then I remember what happened when we compromised before. Uh, we compromised before we got the the NIC system, the National Instant Criminal Check Background System. And so that came out of, you know, the last compromise. So I'm afraid that if we try to compromise this time, you know, it's going to be even worse.
3: I've been looking at this from the outside for most of my life in that I was a supporter of civilian disarmament, and I still don't really feel part of most of the gun community. I don't relate much to people that are that really excited about guns. So from my perspective, I see a four dimensional chess game that's been going on ever since the Brady law was passed and that the, those who are pro rights have been using the same tactics of incrementalism that were used the two, three decades preceding since 1968 through the, through the early nineties. They're using the same incrementalism approach to restoring our civil right of self-defense. So what has happened in the last 20, 30 years? Nearly every state has concealed carry. 42 states have shall issue concealed carry. The uh, legislatures have been, for the most part, liberalizing gun ownership, liberalizing the laws. We've seen that here in Texas, where it has become easier to get your license to carry because they just cut the price down by a $100. So that's the big picture. The small picture today about bump stocks, I don't know. What I do know is that from what I've seen since I've been observing the NRA for about 15 years is that they have been successful in incrementally expanding their rights.
2: All right, so basically what you're saying is that By saying right now this point in the game, well, something tragic has happened, the best thing you can do is come out and say, okay, well, let's take a look at it and then just wait for things to cool off a little bit and then come back and say, okay, we've looked at it. So worst case scenario, we can add it to the the NFA list, the National Firearms Act list, uh, and actually register them. And then in return, we can get, the Concealed Care Reciprocity Bill passed and also the SHARE Act passed.
3: Yeah, but you may bring up a good point. How do you register something like a bump stock?
2: Right, because it's a part and it you know, does, doesn't have a serial number on it. And so
3: then what about all the variations that do the same thing?
2: All the other triggers and all the other right. things that you can do the exact same so thing. So we're going to
3: have to register our index fingers. And our
0: rubber bands. And our rubber bands. And our right. belt loops. That's the government in action, though.
2: <laughs>
0: so is that what the the constitution was all about is that what our federal government is supposed to do i don't see it in our u.s constitution but i, I want to agree with uh, howard on this he's saying that the gun rights people have over the past what 20 25 years been incrementally increasing our gun rights i would agree with that but one thing they can't do or they can't or they won't do at the nra is make the argument that i make is like Have you ever heard anybody from the NRA say somebody in your government, in your American government, might murder you? Mm. They can't chew on that because the NRA is a tool of the Republican Party. It's more of a Republican Party tool than it is a gun rights tool. They intersect, but their allegiance is to the Republican Party, in my opinion. Some place like the Gunners of America or the NAGR is more of a true hardcore gun rights activist group that will look out for you ideologically and not just for a political party. That's my personal opinion.
2: All right. So what are your thoughts, Zach? Well, the bump stock
0: is just a piece of
4: plastic. Bump firing is not a stock. It's not a accessory.
2: It's a technique. It's It's a way of shooting.
4: Yeah. It's just a way that you shoot. So... What people are so scared of, what I'm reading online from a lot of people and what I'm seeing is that people are afraid of this automatic firing, basically guns that shoot quickly. And they can ban bump stocks. They can ban these other accessories (coughs) that make you fire fast, but people can still do that. And so
2: what's going to come out of this (sighs) is your instructors are going to come out on top because then that's going to that's that will be when people will come to gun instructors and say you know what teach me how to shoot fast
4: yeah and <laughs> That's what what's going to happen next, what happens next they make it illegal to fire faster
0: than a certain amount per second
2: <laughs> and how can you do that
0: well they, they want to, uh, to you look, can only shoot so re- regulate fast regulate magazine clips to have a certain amount of bullets in there correct is that like one of the oh that's 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 a way around that i can i can sit here and ch- i can show you how to change out magazines very fast how to swap them out real quick but back, back to zach's a point about people being scared of being killed by a machine gun hey that's a legitimate fear <laughs> isn't it
4: uh yeah there's about a Every year, your chance of dying by a machine gun is 0000075 agree. 5%. I agree,
0: but it's a le- legitimate fear about being eaten by a shark. You get be- a lot more people dying by a shark. Or sharks. being hit by lightning mm-hmm. or being killed in a gun massacre. But you know what, Zach? Do, they, do these same people ever fear of being murdered by their own government? Because I keep going back no, to No, no, they beg their government to take <laughs> these rights no, away. No, I keep going back to that again and again and again because you never hear a Democrat or Republican politician or an NRA member go on TV. Now, I saw Sebastian Gorka do it last night on Fox. He said gun rights is about our insurance policy against governmental tyranny. To me, that's the essence of gun rights. By the way, folks, I don't even own a gun. Shame on you. But, but I have... Friends who are armed, who are like virtual virtual armories. (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to
3: throw one thing in on that. Yes, sir. Um, People need to understand the government has no duty to protect you. And these are Supreme Court cases. This is settled law over the last few decades. You can look up Castle Rock v. Gonzalez or DeShaney v. Winnebago County. Both of them. Are very clear in that we are required to pay taxes to support all these government agencies, child services, police, but those agencies are not obligated to protect you. And when they fail to protect you, you cannot sue them. So if you want us to be disarmed and allow the government to keep us safe, yet the government itself has said we have no duty to keep you safe, then where does that leave you?
2: hmm where does that leave us
4: zach <laughs> leaves us responsible for our own protection
0: responsible for our own protection all right zach what about las vegas all those people out there so whose fault was that was that the concert promoters for not having a secure environment was it the las vegas police's problem for not looking out for snipers or was it a lunatic on the 32nd floor of the Mandalay Bay. Lunatic. Who's responsible for all those murders? You tell me. Stephen Craig Paddock. What's his first name again? Stephen. Paddock? Stephen. Steven. 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 Yeah, Stephen. Stephen Paddock. So I just chip in on that. So, um, yes, you are responsible for your own self defense. Nobody else is going to do it. That's why the gun rights are so personal to so many people, especially if you live on the wrong side of town. I live in a very nice part of town. There are very, very few crimes in my neighborhood. Maybe somebody gets a bike stolen every two years. That's not true in much of America. You, people who live in places where they have to put bars on their windows, old ladies with young guys running around their neighborhood dealing drugs and on drugs. And how is that old lady supposed to defend herself? She can't fight. You know, I'll tell you a story. I'm from Alabama. Alabama. And I went to Marion, Alabama one time to, you know, an, uh, an old shack, okay? Uh, an old black lady lived there. And she was very, very self-reliant, self-independent. She had like a gun or a shotgun there. But you want to know how defenseless she is? These young thugs were, were able to go into her house, get the rifle before she could, and then steal all of her stuff and leave. But the point is... How is she going to defend herself if not with a gun?
2: All right, so we're talking about is has the NRA sold out gun owners? Also, we're going to hear later on from Dudley Brown, the president of National Association for Gun Rights. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
5: This is Brittany Glaze,
0: and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It.
1: made the right choice. Talk 1370. Welcome back to come and talk it. And now here's Michael Cargill. All
2: right. So we're talking about bump stock technology. We're talking about echo triggers, binary triggers, all the different ways, rubber bands, belt loops, Different ways, just using a fast finger to fire. That's what this is all about. That's what the debate is about this week, is a type, a way, actually a way of shooting a semi-automatic rifle. That's what we're talking about. That's what they're talking about, banning. The U.S., your your federal government wants to ban a particular way of shooting a gun, and you're not going to be able to do that because you can do it with your finger. You can do it with a rubber band. You can do it with uh, an echo trigger, binary trigger. You can use a, a bump stock. You know, you can use there's so many different ways that you can do this. Uh, you're not going to be able to ban it at all. And this is precisely a great reason to oppose legislation to ban bumpfire stocks. No matter how much the NRA supports it, uh, the typical anti-gun politicians are going to give in to deregulated suppressors or reciprocity. And the, the bill would likely ban more than just ban stocks but likely could be used to ban anything that could be used to alter the trigger pull and we won't have very many allies to fight it so i I don't think we should give in but howard says well the nra's plan is to do this just say hey let's take a look at it let's everyone settle down let's take a look let's research this a little bit and let's you know analyze and see should we actually actually ban bump fire stocks and then come back and say, "Okay, well, why don't we just compromise a little bit? Let's let's have uh, the suppressor bill. Let's have that pass, and let's also remove suppressors from the NFA list. Let's go ahead and pass concealed carry reciprocity instead. So maybe that's the game plan for the NRA. Is that what you say, Howard?
3: That sounds closer to what I've been told so far.
2: And I can go for that, actually." I actually like that plan. So you know, it's it's a it's a chess play, you know. But I hope that it doesn't turn out like it did, when we got the Brady Bill. What do you think?
3: The NRA was is is a lot smarter than they were at that time. I've seen some shifts in the uh, Institute for Legislative Action since Chris Cox has taken over. So I really don't see a Brady Bill two coming along. Uh, under the current uh, direction, the NRA is going.
2: All right, so you don't see that that being the, the case. All right, so I talked to some people that were actually on the front row of this concert, and we actually talked to quite a few people because right after this shooting happened in Las Vegas, just like anything happens, I always get a bunch of phone calls, and I actually got phone calls from people that were on the grounds at the concert, and had a young lady call me, and she told me a very touching story. The fact that she was there on the front row there, and all of a sudden, you know, the shots started going out. They didn't know what was going on at first. They thought it was all part of the show is what they really thought uh, because it's Vegas, and Vegas does fireworks, and it was an outdoor show. So they're expecting, you know, you know, little fireworks and things of that nature. So that's what they thought it was. So at first, people just, you know, continued the party, and then when they start seeing people fall because they didn't hear anything. They didn't hear any shots because the music was so loud, so they couldn't hear anything at all. So when once people started to fall, then they, you know, people started running. The uh, the singer ran off the stage. The music stopped, and everyone started running. The firing continued, and then if you stopped and you stood there and you looked, or you froze, a lot of people froze. They didn't know what to expect. You know, they they didn't know what was happening actually, so they just froze and stood there. And those people were shot. And she told me about um, when she turned around to run, a nurse stood up. And said, hey, does someone need help over there And because someone hurt. And when she said that, she stood up and she froze and she was shot right in the face. And she said she will never, ever forget that. And, you know, it, it always be ingrained in her head. And she just took off and ran and she was so scared. And literally it was like an hour. They were basically hiding. You know, people were moving and hiding for like an hour trying to get out of there. and And, you know, wishing that they had something that they can have to, so they can get, you know, to some somewhere safe. And so she called me up. She said, I need a gun. I need a gun. I need to take a class. I need to learn how to shoot because I want, I don't want to feel like that, so helpless anymore. Even though, you know, the shooter was so far away and it's probably nothing that she could have done, but she said, hey, I need a. you know, I want a gun because that would have made me feel a little better. And so that's what a lot of people walking away from this. So if you think that people that were there on the ground and they're changing their mind about their gun stance, that's not going to happen. It's not happening. They're not changing their mind. So we need to stand strong. I'm standing strong. I do not waver. I don't waver. I don't compromise. I don't compromise with terrorists. I don't compromise with the enemy. I'm not giving up anything. I'm not giving up my bump bump stock technology. I'm not giving up any of my firearms. We're not going to do that. Doesn't have a serial number on it. There's no way you're gonna come and get him. So if I have to bear it in my backyard, I'll bear it in my backyard. But you're not gonna get it. Not giving it to you. And that's the bottom line. And a lot of people in the you know in the second amendment community are taking that stance. So we we need to stand and fight. Don't compromise at all. Because if you give them an inch, they're definitely gonna take a mile. What you gotta say about that. So what what are your thoughts about it, Janai?
6: Oh, I definitely believe in carrying a gun. Um, I've been through so many experiences. My sister being murdered actually by her own weapon. Um, me being attacked. I, I, I wasted so many years of my life um, being a victim after that and hiding and, and not going and doing things. And then finally I decided, no, I'm not going to let someone dictate how I live my life. I'm going to carry a gun um, I'm, I'm going to go out and live my life. You cannot prevent something from ha- everything, but to feel empowered, knowing that if something does happen, you ha- you stand a chance, is is a very very good feeling to have. And I think more people should should exercise their right and carry because it. it, it if someone wants to make anything a weapon, they're going to do that. There was a video out there, and I thought it was he did it in a funny way. This guy was firing a, a an assault rifle, and then he got a golf club and he started beating the hell out of something with it, and that was his point. You can make anything a weapon. So taking guns away from people, that that's not going to solve any of the problem. Let's get tougher on crime. I'm a big proponent of that. Um, the person that attacked me, they didn't serve that much time. It impacted me my entire life. They served five years, and I don't even think they served five. That's what they were sentenced to. It's been a life sentence for me. I've gotten over a lot of it, but I still, whenever I am in a situation, my heart will race. Nobody can come up and sneak up behind me, or I'm terrorized. Um, especially when I'm laying in bed because that's where it happened to me. Someone was sitting down next to my bed staring at me when I woke up. Mm. So nobody can sneak up on me in my bedroom or I will literally almost have a heart attack. So I live my life different, but somehow, some way, we don't think that criminals, the ones that actually do this, are supposed to pay the full price. So
3: May I add some uh, data to that?
2: Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Please go ahead.
3: I firmly support a woman's right to choose. In 2016, a rape occurred in this country every two minutes. You have to understand that that only about one third of all rapes are reported to police. So when you look at the the rate of rape reported by the FBI in 2016, you have to triple that. Right. This is from the Department of Justice Bureau of Justice St- Statistics that only one-third of all rapes are ever reported. Then after going through the legal system, whether they're going to prosecute or not, whether there's so, many, there's so many hoops to jump through that only about 8 out of 100 rapes result in a prison sentence. That means rapists have a 92% chance of getting away with it. And their mean incarceration is only four years. That means half the guys will be out in less than four years.
4: Mm. that's that's
2: that's pretty bad that's pretty
4: bad zach so this las vegas shooting uh it seems like it's one of the very few events that occur where the good guy with the gun scenario doesn't really apply because uh someone in the crowd with their handgun wasn't going to be able to just shoot back at the hotel and have an effect but It's only one of the few where that doesn't apply. So if you look at, say, the Pulse nightclub, which was a gun-free zone, this guy who did his shooting there basically had his field day because the good guys with the gun were disarmed. So had there been someone with a gun who had the stones to actually do something about it, then that could have been a very different scenario. Sandy Hook, same thing. Can't bring guns into schools. So these people choose gun-free zones to commit these mass murders because they know that everybody's disarmed, defenseless.
2: And he had a way out. He had planned on getting away. He had set up – you know, this guy had set up cameras all inside the – he set up cameras inside the room. He had cameras out in the hallway, set up on a little tray in the hallway. He had cameras in the peephole. His goal was to get away. He – was going to make sure that he was not caught. Um, but that didn't happen. And so in the end, what always happens is either they get shot by someone who's carrying a gun, whether it's law enforcement or a civilian, or they end up killing themselves. That's how it always <laughs> happens. Uh, so, And and the first thing that um, Hillary Clinton came out and said, she said, well, you know, what if that shooter had been using the suppressor? Well, those concert goers can hear can hear gunshots in the beginning anyway. So no, no one, one heard any gunshots. Silencer. Okay, or silencer, which they're not silent. It yeah. actually suppresses the sound, so it's not really silence. So you actually, it's it's you can still hear the shot. But you just don't need hearing protection in order, you know, to to hear that shot.
0: Uh, Michael, speaking of Hillary Clinton, she was the one who murdered seventy six people at Waco, Texas, April nineteenth, nineteen ninety three. She was the one who ordered the final assault on the Branch Davidians, who are mainly women and children, who may have been starting fires as a defense mechanism. They all burned up and died, 76 of them in one day. That's Hillary Clinton. So Hillary Clinton is the same person who is supposedly married to uh, a deranged sex freak named Bill Clinton, who used to use his state troopers to literally beat up people. I'll give an example. They beat up a guy named Gary Johnson, not the Libertarian, but Gary Johnson, who was a lawyer, who was the next-door neighbor to Jennifer Flowers. They beat him up because he had a security camera videotape of Bill Clinton entering her condominium. That would have been proof... In the '92 campaign, it would have hurt the Clinton campaign tremendously because they were lying about the Jennifer Flowers affair, as, as they were lying about every other affair. So, when you hear a Clinton like that, I see blood dripping off her. I see blood dripping off a bill. I see blood dripping off the bushes. Blood dripping off Lyndon Johnson. Richard Nixon was a criminal, and Jimmy Carter, relatively, a pretty nice guy. Well, harm people protecting her. Say, I, say it again. Say it again.
6: She also has armed people protecting her, so I don't think she's got much to worry yeah, about, like the average citizen does. She still
2: gets Secret Service
6: protection.
0: Yeah, so we have all these murders and thugs who have presidential libraries, Republican or Democrat, who have Secret Service protection for the rest of their lives, who... Want to take your gun? So back to, to silencers. I mean, am I right or wrong on this, Michael? Isn't a silencer mainly so people at gun galleries don't lose their hearing? I mean, isn't that the the biggest reason to have those right. things? If the EPA
2: was around when guns first came out. They would have required us to have uh,
0: suppressors on the end of all guns. Yeah. So because you you don't, you don't lose your hearing at the gun the gun range. Right. Good.
3: The best research I've read so far says that you might get a fifteen decibel reduction maybe 20 decibel reduction by using a suppressor. So that takes a rifle shot from the point of, of inflicting damage almost immediately to just repetitive stress injury in which if you shoot a suppressed rifle constantly for a long period of time, you'll probably still lose hearing. What it does is it takes the edge off. And when you use normal hearing protection along with the suppression, you are much safer from losing your hearing.
2: And, and newsflash, people. Let me tell you this: If you're you're trying to add up the stats and trying to see where we are with this current administration and the previous administration, Obama administration, let me give you a newsflash. Let me give you the score. Guess what? In the Obama administration, we actually got the opportunity to carry in national parks. In the Obama administration, the this stock that we're talking about was actually became legal it was authorized under the obama administration i can sit here and name a lot of different things that actually happened in the obama administration that was pro-gun so let me tell you you might want to keep up because uh the nra and tom just said this perfectly the nra is basically saying that the obama administration was too pro-gun because that's what i'm hearing and that's what i'm seeing so you know what if this administration and this current uh, Congress and this this current House of Representatives, if they want to catch up a little bit, they might want to pass some legislation to help us out a little bit here. Because right now, Obama's got your beat when it comes to being pro-gun. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
3: This is State Representative Jonathan Sticklin, and you are listening to Come and Talk It on Talk thirteen seventy.
1: back to come and talk it and now here's michael cargill all
2: right so we're talking about has the nra sold out gun owners we're talking about what's happened in the last eight years with the previous administration um, and we're talking about the bump stocks and that technology we're talking about binary triggers and echo triggers and and we're talking about banning a certain type of way of shooting you know and i and i'm gonna put this to you guys you know what What has happened in the last eight years as far as being anti-gun with the Obama administration? Because I'm telling you straight up right now, if this current administration wants to look good when it comes to uh, wants to look good for gun owners, what they need to do is pass uh, concealed care reciprocity. We got to pass the the Hearing Protection Act or the Safe Act, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we got to pass these things within the next year because if we don't pass these things within the next year, the House or the Senate is going to flip, and it's going to be difficult to get this thing, this stuff done. Or there's going to be some other shooting because you know, God forbid, you know, they're talking about. Well, some people are saying, well. Some Democrats are saying, hey, well, maybe we'll compromise and give you suppressors. Well, you know what? What if that shooter had came out and used a suppressor? This is the first time anyone's ever killed anyone using a bump stock. No one's even heard of this before this week. Majority of people never heard of this, except for people in the gun community uh, this week. So if you never heard of that, this was used this one particular time ever. You know what stops you know someone from coming out and using a suppressor or something else? And then you wanted to ban that. People are, we've said this a thousand times on this show, people are going to find a way to do evil things. We've been sitting here all week trying to figure out how in the world, you know, did one person commit this heinous act? Been trying to figure that out. Well, what you're trying to figure out is that you're trying to reason with and you're trying to figure out what crazy is. We're not crazy. So we can't fathom that. I'm not crazy. So I, I, I don't understand. I cannot comprom- compromise how you can kill and injure that many people because that's not something that I would do. So that's basically what we've been trying to figure out the entire week. And you, you just can't do it because you're not crazy. We're not crazy. And that's why it doesn't make sense to us. And that's why what he did was a, it was just evil, pure evil. And call it like it is. Stop calling him a nice guy. Stop saying all these other crap that they're saying about this guy. This guy was a monster. You were a monster. A sociopath. A criminal. A thug. Those are the words I want to hear. Stop being so nice about it. What you got, Howard? I
3: just agree with you right now.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> you you nailed it. This is, um, we cannot fathom it. We cannot ban it. Um, you know, I li- would like to work one thing in, and since, uh, since the Democrats are so busy using this as a uh, stump for gun control, um, I've done a lot of research collating uh, the Brady campaign research, uh, their report cards where they grade states on how much gun control they have, and then the higher the grade you get means the more gun control you have. And... Uh, And murder rates in this country, there is a correlation between gun control and murder rates. Generally, whites, well, actually, it's 100% of the time I've seen so far, states with more gun control have much lower murder rate for white people. For minorities... They see no benefit to live in a state that's gun control in some data sets and in other data sets, they have a higher murder rate. Now, this goes back to the history of gun control in America, which has always been about racist oppression. It's ever since the, the colonists landed on the Eastern Shore, they used gun control to divide, conquer, suppress, and take over Indian lands. It was used... After the Civil War, to make sure blacks, they passed the black codes to make sure blacks could not own guns so that the KKK had an easier and safer time terrorizing freedmen. It was used in World War II. First, they disarmed the Japanese Americans on the West Coast. Then they interned them. And while they interned them, they stole all their property. You see that again and again. 1890, wounded knee. The, the Army showed up, took out the Lakota Sioux. First, they demanded, give us your guns. After that, there was, there was a, a little bit of a conflict. They overreacted. <laughs> the next thing you know, they're shooting women, holding their babies, who are standing under a flag of truce that they set up, which is supposed to be a safe space for the Lakota. Not safe. They were murdered. So you see this again and again, that gun control in this country has always been about white people getting over on people who are not white.
0: Oh, let's not forget about 1968 when the NRA helped write the 1968 Gun Control Act and that was in response to the Black Panthers having a peaceful protest of an open carry weapons I think around the capital of uh, California. So it was it was that that act was specifically directed at The Black Panthers and black activists, uh, many of them who were carrying weapons in defense against racists. Down in southern Mississippi and southern Louisiana, there was a group called the Deacons of Defense. You can Google that. Who were they? They were black men who were defending their families from white supremacist racists who would terrorize them. So the best way they did to do that was to be armed. Just to Google the Deacons of Defense.
2: So you telling me that gun control is racist? Is that what you're saying?
0: Absolutely.
2: Why do you say gun control is racist?
3: Because even today when you, we have gun control, we have negative outcomes for people who aren't white. They may not be calling themselves racist anymore. They may not be wearing white sheets in Congress, but or in the state capitals, but The fact remains is that the states with the most gun control have the highest non-white murder rates and the lowest white murder rates. So Mm. it's all about keeping white people safe.
0: Well, Howard, a a Chicago liberal would tell you, oh, Howard, we got gun control here in Illinois. But it's all you crazy southerners and all your stupid gun shows selling weapons and that the, the gangs go down there and buy them guns and they bring them back to Chicago and they kill each other. So why don't we just ban guns down in Texas, Howard?
3: (laughs) I just did a data set on justifiable homicides on just the states that enacted uh, shall issue concealed carry in 1995, 1996. And that's, they're all Southern states. They're all states that were part of the Confederacy. Since then, the percentage of justifiable homicides justifiable self-defense with a firearm has increased about 10%. So blacks, blacks now are close to 50, 50 in terms of justifiable homicides. In other words, shall issue concealed carry has benefited blacks. They have taken over a greater percentage of the total justifiable homicides and whites have taken over less of a percentage.
4: So when they're when people are bringing up these stats about gun violence and they're giving the numbers for that, they're actually including justifiable homicides in that.
3: They are. In fact, the Centers for Disease Control includes private citizen justifiable homicides in their homicide data. They, they break out justifiable homicides for law enforcement, but not for private citizens.
4: So people are bringing up these numbers And they're actually including the deaths that are justifiable in their attempt to bring on more gun control.
3: To inflate the numbers. Yeah. Yes. And they even bring in uh, that Dorner fellow who who killed some cops in Southern California. He was included in the bell ringing. It was uh, in Connecticut they were they named his name as a victim of gun violence
0: well, that's because that 's because <laughs> he was a liberal Democrat, Chris Dormer, the guy that terrorized California for a while
4: and stephen paddock i'm sure is a
0: a victim of gun violence as well but when you say terrorized, do you mean terrorist or just bother oh them? i'm being facetious I'm not <laughs> into the full details, but I think he had a very bad experience on the uh, The police force he was involved with, he probably got screwed by one of his superiors. But instead of just like resigning and quitting and doing something else, he decided to go, go crazy.
7: Okay, because I was just wondering because there's been throwing around of this word terrorist in this shooting for Las Vegas, and well, I mean it was terrorism,
0: but was it? But was it terrorism? I mean, obviously it was terrorism. What was the motive? Terror, I bet. Uh, the, The the motive was to kill and to make people unhappy. As far as I can tell, I mean, by I, definition, from the Patriot Patriot Act or by Las Vegas law. Well, there's two different definitions. I don't, I I don't definitions. use the Patriot Act to define terrorism. I'm just talking about terrorism in general, as you would like yeah. read in a dictionary or something.
7: That still requires political motive.
0: Does terrorism always have to require political? It motive? requires You can't just terrorize just for the sake of being a sadist. No,
7: it's for the sake of trying to get something, some kind of change, getting the government or the people to create some kind of change in society.
0: Well, I disagree on that definition because I think a sadist can terrorize just because they love sadism. So, uh, but it's more
7: psychopathic than you know the act of terrorism, the war, and the history of terrorism in itself. You know, starting off as a political ph- philosophy about ruling by terror, starting in France.
0: We're, we're splitting hairs, you know. So yes, they're, they're, we're talking about two but it different is, types.
7: It is an interesting thing because it could lead to you know militarization of the police, which is relate when it, you tie it back into Chicago and a larger enforcement because it has to do with jurisdiction on is it military or police. Okay. You know, I don't know. I don't know if it's terror.
2: I don't know if it was a terrorist act or anything like that. I do know it was evil. And the score is, here's the score, people. Obama administration is more pro-gun than his current administration. That's what we're looking at right now. So if you want to change that, I suggest you get off your 3 point of contact and get something done in D.C. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
7: Yo, what's going on, guys? It's Chad Jones here, and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It.
1: Making talk radio great again. Somebody has to come out and tell it like it is. Talk 1370, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill.
2: All right, so let's add up the score a little bit. All right, so Oklahoma City bombing. Just so you know, 168 people were killed in that incident. And also 680 were injured. That's going to be the one of the worst terrorist acts that we've seen, you know, in this country. Uh, well, one of the worst. I don't want to say it's the worst because people say wounded knee or something like that. But it would be one of the worst in this country. And they use... Tenorite, a rental truck, and fertilizer. And after that incident, we didn't come out. And we didn't ban rental trucks. Mm-hmm. We didn't ban Tenorite. We didn't try to ban fertilizer. Uh, just things that you can walk into the store and you can buy. You can have them sh- you know, even delivered to your house. You can have your, your rental truck delivered to your house. You can have your Tenorite. You can have your fertilizer delivered to your house. And they didn't talk about banning anything then. And that was the worst. 168 people were killed and over 680 were injured. That was the worst. So there are evil people out there, and there are evil people in this world. And if they're determined to kill a bunch of people, they're going to do it. You, know, you cannot ban the tools. There are so many different ways of killing a lot of people. Not, you just can't ban all the tools. We need to go after evil and stop evil. Am I right? Am I wrong?
0: You're right. I mean if I'm if I'm wrong tell me. But Michael uh I keep pointing this out again and again like a broken record. Some of those evil crazy murderous people run the government mm. in power in the presidency. I don't think Donald Trump is a perfect picture of mental stability or morality. Just as a as a rhetorical question, do you think Donald Trump would murder somebody if he could just end this Russia investigation and it would just go away? Because I think he would. The Clintons and the Bushes, why are they so chummy? I asked Carl Wrote that. I said, Carl, how come the, the, the Bushes are the only Republicans who like the Clintons? I don't understand it. How come they're the, only, the entire base of the GOP hates the Clintons, but the Bushes just love them? It's like they're family members. And he says, Robert, the Bushes and the Clintons have a special rapport. And I didn't reply back to him, yeah, that special report was CIA drug running during Iran-Contra in Mena, Arkansas, and the murder of Barry Seal. I didn't point that out to him, but I'm pointing it out to you. So I keep coming around to this loop again, is that we need to have gun rights, firepower, machine gun power, bump stocks to protect ourselves from the psychopaths, criminals, and murderers who are in government. I'm not calling for a revolution. I'm calling for an insurance policy.
4: Yeah, a lot of people don't know about Contra. They don't know that it was actually our government that smuggled in all this cocaine and basically flooded the streets with
0: crack. Yeah, I mean, on on the, on the mainstream TV to this day, they can't say a simple basic fact of the 1980s, which is that the Reagan administration, we had Nancy Reagan with the PR campaign saying just say no to drugs. Oliver North, William Casey and Vice President Bush were running drugs into America. And the movie that came out with Tom Cruise about the story of Barry Seal is 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 about that story, the government running drugs. So if these if if you have criminals in government, do you want to be completely defenseless against them? I mean, do you, do you just want to have like a butter knife as your defense against like a government hit team or a uh, you know a government death squad like you have in third world countries, which we, we which we could have here? No, you need something a little bit more powerful than that. Not as a form of revolution, but as a form of insurance policy to inhibit inhibit these people from doing that. So what do you think about that, Janai? <laughs>
6: <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I, I agree with everything you're saying. A lot of people don't stay well-informed is, is a big part of the problem. And so I guess ignorance is bliss. I've had some female friends tell me they don't watch the news because they don't want to hear bad things. Um, and that's sad and disturbing because how are you going to um, be able to prevent things from happening if you're not aware of what's going on in the world? I've often said only informed people should be allowed to vote, for, for goodness sakes. Um, we, we shouldn't let people that don't even know who the candidates are voting. There's, there's just a lot of uh, people that are just uninformed. So, yes, I agree with everything you're saying.
2: All right, let me go to line one. Your Honor wood. come and talk it.
5: Hello, can you hear me? I hear hear you, David. Go ahead. Uh, I just want to ask uh, essentially two questions, please.
2: All right, go for Uh, it, sir.
5: Okay. Uh, One, are you all uh, uh, familiar with uh, something called PNAC? Yes. Okay, very good. Second question is, uh, I think the radio audience probably uh, do some enlightenment in that regard in the future when you have some more time, but... One thing I've not heard mentioned all week is any of these three movies and I wonder if anybody there has seen any of them. One is 40 years old this year. Another one's 55 years old this year. And the other one I don't know when year it came out but uh wonder why none of them have been remade. The one that's 40 this year is called Telephone with an F. Stars Charles Bronson. And The older one, oldest one, is The Manchurian Candidate, which also co-stars Frank Sinatra. And the third one is Executive Action, starring Burt Lancaster.
2: And I think we've seen two of the three.
5: Very good. I don't don't think I've seen Telephone.
0: And don't forget Seven Days in May.
5: Uh, Oh, forget Seven Days in May. (laughs) Uh, So
2: why did you you bring those up?
5: Uh, Because... As anyone who's seen any of them knows, they shine a lot of light on what's been going on, not only for this last week, but also for a longer period of time than that, as you and your guests have discussed so well today. Uh, without the knowledge contained in those movies, most people are stumbling around wondering, well, what's going on? Why did it happen? What was the motive, et cetera? Because they're completely in the dark. And let me point out that the 40th anniversary of Telephone this year, Uh, That was before the Internet, so you can extrapolate from there with the uh, uh, technological capabilities that we have today, the ones that are publicly known so far.
2: Hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, David. I appreciate that. Thank you, Michael. All right, sir. And then someone asked uh, online here, if we get gun control out of this, would that be a terrorist act then?
7: Can we call Las Vegas a terrorist act if gun control comes out of this? It would be an... if it's an unintended consequence, no. If it was an intended consequence, yes.
2: Okay, I don't know. What you think about that, Robert?
0: Well, um, <laughs> we're not. Here's the good news: here, we're not going to get gun control out of this. It seems to you be. You don't think so? No, no. There, they're, they're Too, are they're too many, Republic, gonna, too many Republicans. Too many Republicans terrorized of the GOP base. In Congress right now. So they have to talk the talk, but they can't walk the walk. So the current line is bump stocks and they want, they don't, they're they be a little smarter right now, according to Henry. They don't, for God's sake, they don't want government legislation. They want this to be done by executive decree, which can always be flipped back at some other time. Do you understand that? Mm. And so the worst thing you can do is have an actual piece of legislation that passes Congress. It's better just to have or I don't support it, but it's better to have the, the Trump administration make an administrative adjustment, which I don't support, because that can be flipped back really easily. So I'm not seeing gun control come out of this because, uh, I mean, I'm telling you what, I mean, even though I don't trust politicians and believing in gun rights, I do trust the GOP base will hold them accountable.
7: Yes. And yes. It, I mean,
0: it, it also, it does seem suspect with the timing that there
7: might have been motive, political motive for gun control, but I don't think we'll get any out of it. And, and what's what do you got to say about that, Howard?
3: I agree. We need to see a smoking gun. I've thought the same thing because uh, Congress just came back into session. The uh, there were were the the two bills are on the move: the hearing protection and and the um, national reciprocity. And now the first thing that happened after Las Vegas was uh, the GOP leadership in Congress saying we're not we're going to walk back and we're not going to proceed with any uh, legislation right now.
2: Because yeah, I know um, we can even bring this down locally. Uh, when that knife attack happened on the University of Texas campus, the date of that knife attack is when the knife bill for Texas was supposed to come before the Texas legislature to be you know, debated in the House, I believe. And so what happened from that is they delayed it and then they put in the, they came up with restrictions and said, OK, we're going to do location restrictions. So then he said, "Okay, if you have a knife where the blade is over five and one half inches, uh, then you can't have that knife in these places here instead of just coming out with an all blanket. "Okay, knives are legal. So, you know, we got rid of illegal knives, but then we came up with locations, specific locations. You couldn't carry a knife. The blade was over five, one half inches because of the UT stabbing.
3: However, I would hasten to add that viewing the incrementalism that has happened, remember, In every state that passed, shall issue, concealed carry, it has been modified since. And nearly every case that I've seen, it has been liberalized. So to get a watered-down version, quote-unquote, passed is the first step in the incrementalism that I've seen in liberalizing our civil right of self-defense. Okay.
2: Um, What would you like to tell the ladies, Janai, you know, as far as personal protection, getting out there, protecting yourself, you out running around, jogging, doing your day-to-day business, you're working. You know, what are your thoughts?
6: I think they need to just go take a lesson, a gun lesson, and get comfortable. And it will take away all that fear of, of you know, I, I always hear females say, oh, my God, I hate guns. I don't, I don't want to carry a gun. And if, if you're comfortable with the gun, just like with anything, Else, you practice. You're going to. It's going to make you feel much safer. Um, as I told you that I'm going to do this coming week. I didn't get a chance last week. All these attacks that are occurring on Town Lake lately, and I run Town Lake probably five times a week. I'm going to carry um, when I'm running because it will make me feel safer, and I'll be able to help someone in the event something happens when I'm passing by. I will not uh, turn a blind eye. I will gladly help. So um, we don't want to be the weaker sex. We always say we don't want to be the weaker sex. So be independent and and get out there and and take care of yourself. You can take care of yourself. One of the things I've always said is lift weights. If you're strong, you will be able to take care of yourself even that much more.
2: As always, more guns equals less crime. Go out and buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and talking. With Michael
0: Carter,
6: You
7: can
1: keep
2: your